The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's like I'm in this group right now where it's not even my group. It's like peripheral people too where like everyone's getting pregnant and having babies. And I'm kind of like, pregnant women are hot. Like, (laughs) I don't even have sex with a pregnant woman. Welcome back to Open Late. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and this is a Soulfire production. And today I have with me an incredible woman named Roxy Ruse, which is the coolest name ever. Um, and she is the Austin ambassador for Skirt Club, which is a really cool um, members club that throws events that I actually belong to after all of these years. Um, I have a really funny story about like joining. Um, but they they host events to support um, women who are curious about their sexuality and who are thinking, hey, I might actually want to kiss a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might, I might want to go down <laughs> on a girl. Um, and so it's a really safe space for people to explore their sexuality. Um, and yeah, I want to dive in, talk about all these things, how one becomes the ambassador um, for the city of Austin, which is such a cool place already that I think is very sexually liberated. Um, and just get to know you more because we haven't met yet. So right. Roxy, right. welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited and I'm just grateful to get a chance to talk about Skirt Club and can put my spin on things. I'm really excited to get a chance to chat with you. I've been following you for a while. Um, and there's just a lot of things that I connect with and I see that you get to talk about that make me really excited that are like, oh, I, I feel that or I know that or I do that. And so this is really exciting. So thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. That makes me so happy. When I know that open late is resonating and I'm like, it's not just me in my mm-hmm. in my bathrobe, it makes me really happy. <laughs> There's um, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, these are the things that go on in my head. So now the whole world gets to know. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's I would love to start a little bit with you so that you have a chance to sort of introduce yourself and how I think you kind of evolved into the woman that you are today. Um, maybe give us the mm. like highlight reel of you realizing that you might be into women and then how yeah. that lent to you finding Skirt Club or, you know, or finding your people or telling your partner. Yeah. Like how did that all come about? Oh my goodness. Um, that goes way back. <laughs> Take us there. Take us away. Let's Travel on your timeline. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, Highlight reel for this. I'm going to try and keep it concise because I do think that a lot of the things in my life are very, very common or people are going to have a lot of similarities to some of my experiences, which is really exciting that I get to talk about it and make it more just the awareness of this is okay. And um, so I grew up in the Midwest and went to church school, church all the time, right? That was just, that was how I grew up. That was how I was raised. And there was no question or thought about my sexuality. That just wasn't something that was really talked about. I very, very vividly remember my mom handing me a book when I was probably 10 or 11. It's like, here, if you have any questions, ask me about this. And that was my first introduction to any type of sexual education or information. Um, yeah, What was the book? I have no idea. It was just some like little kids sex ed book that you got in church school when you were growing up. Um, and it, I do remember some of the basics that it talked about, you know, it talks about intercourse, it talked about um, gender. And back then, I'm not, I can't even remember how narrow it probably was. Um, I remember thinking at one point that you could get pregnant by kissing. And that's scary. 
I don't want my yeah. kids thinking that you can get pregnant just by kissing. Like what a fear tactic to put into your kids at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that was where I was. That's where my ground and my foundation came from was that type of environment. And just gradually, as I grew older, I got my first job at 16, which really introduced me to a whole new world of meeting new friends, new environment, and really questioning who I was as a person and coming out into my own self. And at that point, being 16, 17, you've already really established quite a few ground rules based on your life and your upbringing. So it was a big challenge to go, who, what, what is this whole other world that I'm just not used to being a part of. Um, So that's how I was raised. I graduated high school, separated from the church that I was being, that I grew up in and was a part of trying to find my own self. Who was I and why did things appeal to me that I had no uh, initial desire or thoughts about? And I was like, why do I want to go out and meet new people? Why am I interested in women? I just, it became this whole big brand new world for me. Um, Mm. I remember with my very first serious boyfriend having our very first threesome and it turned out horribly. Um, There was a lot of miscommunication, some lying about things that did or did not happen to this day. Who knows if they actually happened because there was so much hurt around the situation that we could never fully figure out the Mm. truth for exactly what had happened. Right. And I was I knew that this was something that I was curious about, but I also knew that that situation in and of itself was hurtful. Um, So I really kind of veered away from it for a while. And probably 10 years later, I was like, oh, I'm I'm curious in women again. And this is something Mm -hmm. that I want to figure out for myself. And I had left one or two relationships at the time. I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to be curious and allow myself to be curious again. And that was really the start. And how old are you at this? Are you like 18 at this time or? I was 18, 19 the first time I had a threesome. Okay. And I was 24 by the time I had left that primary relationship that I was in and really allowing myself to think about my sexuality. So I was 24. Okay. When that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So fast forward met my husband, got married, had our first kid. So we're now three years into our relationship. And I had a friend who I had lived with. And there were always some sort of underlying sparks between our relationship. And one night we went out and it just hit the wall. Like we just started making out in the elevator on the way back up to our apartment. It was amazing. Um, I ended up seeing her another time after my husband and I got married and even had our first child and she and I had an interaction with each other. I did not tell my husband and I felt so guilty. Mm. That was painful. It was painful to have expressed my sexuality in that way, but to have hidden it from my husband because he didn't know anything about that part of me. Um, Wow. Yeah. So that was, that was a unique situation to kind of drop into. And so he and I have been married for 11 years now. And when I had that conversation with him, he blew my mind. Now I think there was some of the typical, (laughs) right? Like, oh, that's kind of a cool situation. And we talked about me doing that and how guilty I felt and how I felt like I cheated on him. And um, we really kind of decided to sit with that thought process of what does this mean for us in our relationship? And probably six to eight months later, we decided to talk about what would that look like to have a threesome with us in our foundation and as part of our relationship together. And it just blossomed from there. Um, mm. That was really the beginning and the opening of our relationship. And from then we've gone through all stages of opening from you know, okay, we're going to just talk about this. Okay. We're going to fantasize about it. Okay. We're going to actually go meet somebody. And now today, eight years, nine years later into this part of our relationship, we're fully open and seeing other people have children and embrace that part of our lives together. And it's absolutely amazing. Um, Wow. 
What a journey. Yeah, I tried to keep that highlight reel for you. Uh, (laughs) There's so much more to it, but that's that's the basics of it. Yeah. Uh, Well, okay. So I I'll I have so many questions. I'd love to back up just to the Mm. period of time where you at 24 opened yourself up to exploring your sexuality or even questioning it. Did you? Was that the only experience with a woman that you had had with that one friend or? Did you have any other experiences where you dated women? It was just the one isolated just incident. The one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, when you just have one, one thing, you, it's not yeah. really what you lead with when you then have a new, you know, male partner potential. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to be your life partner? Okay, so that's understandable, um, or at least I understand that because I think that's how I would operate. Right. What, why did he need to know? And and I didn't even think about telling him. I fell in love with this man. Mm-hmm. And so it just wasn't topic of conversation at the time. Now, throughout your marriage before you – okay, how many years was it that you are married to him before you had the, the first reopening, I guess, or incident with her? Um, two and a half, three. Okay. And in that time, did you have any like desires for other women or was that just a part that you had kind of put to rest? It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't really there. Um, I was busy. I was newly married and had a baby and it just wasn't a thought until it was. (laughs) Yeah. Until it was right there. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you first told him and it was like, okay, let's have this conversation. We're opening up to the idea of having a threesome, you know, exploring some version of monogamish. Um, What was Mm -hmm. then the journey to being completely open? Um, It was all of it. It's everything that you could possibly think of from beginning to end. I think we embodied the typical, and I say typical because not everybody's the same, right? Everybody has their own path, but we really did start out just talking about it, getting excited about it, fantasizing about it together. Um, we went to a swingers club in Dallas and we were so scared. We went to a house party for the first time. We almost didn't go in. We were so scared to even do this together. We were like, what the hell are we doing? And why are we doing this? Yes. Um, and then to have so to do the follow through and to experience the attraction and the excitement together was probably one of the biggest draws for this was, Oh my gosh, how fun is this that we're doing this together? Right. Um, and then we took some time off cause we had our baby and then we got back into seeing other people and then it naturally progressed to, Oh, I don't have time cause we have a baby. So you go on this date with this person. Mm-hmm. Or I'll go on a date with this person. But we always brought the conversation and the connection from that experience back home to each other. And that's what kept that aliveness and the excitement with that. Mm. Um, and then I think we had another child a couple of years later and just took some time with the family. So we very easily flowed between full on open. We're going out, having fun, meeting new people to, okay, it's time to slow down. Let's focus on our family. Let's focus on us for a little bit. All right. We're going to go out and have some fun. And in that time, I'd say it probably took about six years before we really met a group of people that were our people. Mm. And that was when just the aliveness of the community and our friends. Like we stopped, we kind of stopped hanging out with our vanilla friends. Not that we don't love them, (laughs) but this other group became our group. They were our people. And Mm -hmm. um, now we can go out and like, if there's people going out just for a concert or to get together for drinks, it can be both of us or one of us. We just are so confident and secure and safe in who we're spending our time with. And I know who he's spending his time with. And he knows when I go out with people or spend time with, with other partners, it's just the safety and trust in the community that we've built. It's amazing. Yeah. It sounds amazing. It's so much of our journey has a very similar path and, and kind of growth trajectory. Um, and I was just sharing the other day that um, it's funny. We've, we never really, 
we never really fit into a community. I think we've both, we were kind of very closeted, uh, open and poly for a long time until I started the show. And we know of other communities that we're like peripheral about that we've like mm-hmm. been invited into. And I think we're also so into our careers. We're both kind of career like junkies <laughs> in a way. Like we're very, very driven and we love what we do. So Posh and I never really found that community. And I think the other part of it is the community that we have is so strong and so solid. When you say like we stopped hanging out with our vanilla friends, it's like, oh, well, all my friends are actually like just kind of poly. They're all just starting to <laughs> – it's almost like we are the first ones mm. to share about it and now everyone's like a little bit interested in this mm. or wants to go to their first <laughs> sex party or their first play party and this and that. And so it's interesting to almost – feel like maybe we um, are birthing a community at this moment. And not for all of our friends, but all of our friends are so sex positive that even the ones who are like, I'm for sure a monogamer, I'm never going to be open, are very comfortable in environments where it might turn into a play party or like, you know, it's a cool party and sex is welcome, but it's not a sex party kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I just kind of wanted to share that because – I'm also interested in community and there are, I mean, I live in Los Angeles. There's a lot of great communities here and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're living in Austin. I know there's like a really dope community down there too as well. And so there is a part of me that's like, are we missing this aspect a little bit of our lives? Um, I, I never feel like I'm quite missing anything and I am about to start having kids. So I'm like, I don't know if I have time for all of these plates. Yeah. Spinning in the air. So funny. Yeah. What I love hearing and like why I went on that little tangent is for my listeners, I think community is the most important thing you can have. And so if you are just starting this journey to to reach out and go to the whatever, even the munch, you know, that they talk about yeah. in, in yeah. The, the ethical slut, like find your local community and dip your toes in because I, I, I feel like the reason that you said we stopped you know, maybe hang out with our vanilla friends is because the type of person, the type of growth, the type of evolution, the, the authenticity that you must be Mm -hmm. committed to if you want to have these healthy poly relationships makes for a really dope human. And so I think that that's why when people meet, you know, other people who are poly and doing it really well, um, and healthily, like, that that's why you're just like, oh my God, you're my people. And like, why Mm -hmm. would I spend my time with anyone else? So I think there's so much value in that. Um, And it's really beautiful. And the fact that you, you know, have raised your kids and have been able to have the ebbs and flows of, you know, still being the woman you are, making time for your family and having those, that kind of like wave come in and out and those chapters. Mm -hmm. So great to hear because I have a lot of you know, mom friends who haven't had that ability or haven't figured out how to navigate that and who just mom. Um, and that's all they do. Mm. So, uh, it's, it's awesome to have like a good example of what I hope I can do and be when my babies come along. Mm. I love it. I'm so excited for you. You're going to find a whole new world of just what has meaning and value for you. Um, because it's going to shift. Your, your attention mm-hmm. and your love is just the energy that goes into what you have right in front of you and what you're raising and really creating and cultivating that relationship with, with your little ones when that comes along for you is just, it takes so much energy and time and you're exhausted. And to find the community that can be there for you when you're ready to be there. Mm-hmm who is also able to support you in the questions that you have, who is not going to judge you. But I, (laughs) side note, I went out and I was dating a guy when I was pregnant before I had my second child. And it was such a unique, validating, liberating experience Mm. to be able to go out with a partner while I was six, eight, seven, eight months pregnant and yes. to feel beautiful from another person like that and to feel desired mm-hmm. like that. And it was such an uplifting experience. 
I love hearing it. I love hearing it. Oh, it's so such a beautiful thing to be able to express yourself and your desires and have a partner or people, right? Oh, yeah. If you're not like guess if you're listening and you're solo poly or you're thinking about being, you know, testing out open relationships and you're not already coupled up, just to have other people who are willing to mm-hmm. witness you in your full expression. Because I say this a lot on my show and I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but it's like your desires and your turn on, right? Everything about you, like the way that we just, we get turned on by something, the way that we get excited by beauty or by something sexy or even just something fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. Like our body has this response that we cannot control, right? We have these, like we can control it. We can make choices, based on the information we get from our body, right? If we've like chosen a monogamous container. Um, but the response, the biological mm-hmm. like palm sweaty, you know, nipples hard, like that just is. So for for people who are in relationships where it's like not even okay to be like, oh, that guy's really attractive. Um, think about the constant denial of oneself that's happening mm. in that moment, right? You're shutting down yeah. your own basic biology and saying like it's not okay or it's something that needs to be hidden or it's something that um you know someone else is going to be afraid of what it means and we're never going to examine it so we're just never going to talk about it we're never going <laughs> to you know and so i think it just breeds like such an unhealthy environment so I went on a tangent mm-hmm. but you sharing that like how fun it was to go out while you're pregnant i actually have this like i have a pregnant women are hot like, mm. <laughs> I don't want to have sex with a pregnant woman. <laughs> I really do. So I'm looking at like some of these grand, like, and a couple of them are like open. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't live. Well, oh. actually, one of them does live in LA. I kind of want to be like, knock off. Hello. Like, Hi. Do you guys want to have a threesome? <laughs> but you just saying that, I was like, mm. oh, that's very hot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would do that. So if you're listening, you probably know who you are hit me up (laughs) i love it by the time this episode comes out you'll probably be about six and a half months pregnant perfect perfect timing oh man my husband i think is downstairs and can hear me he's probably cracking up but it's true grand canyon university an affordable private christian university is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country offering more than 270 programs online in addition to federal grants and aid gcu's online students received nearly 130 million dollars in institutional scholarships in 2022 find your purpose at grand canyon university private christian affordable visit gcu.edu my offer to see the scholarships you may qualify for um anyway back to you um i would okay so when did you find out about skirt club how what was your introduction and yeah yeah um i'm i can't remember and i should have looked this up before i jumped on here with you but it um whitney the um so wild, wild love, yeah. true, true sex and wild true love, true sex, wild love podcast. Yes, with with Whitney and Wednesday. Yes. Um, okay, I was listening so funny, to that. That's where I heard about it too. <laughs> yes. So, were you okay? Mm-hmm. So, how did you find that show? I have no idea. Um, okay. I, there's some things that I just. It was so many years ago now that I can't remember how it actually came about. Um. But there was, it must have been me looking on some sort of like swinger website for podcasts or something. I have no idea. And yeah. stumbled upon that one because they were also based out of, well, Whitney at the time was based out of Austin. So mm-hmm. for some reason I was like, oh, that seems cool. Let me listen to what she has to say. And that was that episode where they talked about Skirt Club. Um, listened to it, immediately went home, jumped on the website, signed up. And probably two, three months later, really realizing that there was very little to no community mm. for that centrally or in Texas. And this was, I did something that 
is not in my personality to do whatsoever ever in my life. I emailed them and said I wanted to be an ambassador just because I loved the concept and there was nobody here doing that. So I was like, hey, hi, there's me, this quiet little shy introverted person who wants to be an ambassador for your group. I have no idea why I'm doing this, but um, that was a couple years ago. That was pre- pre-pandemic. So it was probably end of 2019 that I had reached out to them. Wow. So you hadn't even gone to an event or anything like that? No. Um, I had bought a ticket. I was going to go to one of the signature events that they hold in San Francisco. And that was March of 2020. So Mm. two weeks before, three weeks before they shut everything down. And so we canceled that event and I didn't even get to go to an in-person event um, at the time. However, we had started these Zoom calls because of COVID. We called them in chastity chats, which I thought was really cute. That's really adorable. It was it was perfect. And we would have anywhere from 10 to 30 women on a Zoom call. It was bi-weekly. And it was our way of connecting during the first few months of COVID. And wow. I made some amazing friends through that who I am to this day friends with and who I finally met some of them in person because of those calls. Um, And it was my first real connection and foundation with Skirt Club and really kind of growing that community and that friendship. Mm, Incredible. So you just became the ambassador. (laughs) And now what does that entail? Do you, I mean, now that the world's like opening Mm -hmm. up and moving again? Do you host events? Are you in charge Mm -hmm. of the events that happen in Austin? Yes. So when we started, or when I started, I say we, um, but when I started as the ambassador in 2020, we had probably 50 members that were locally based out of Mm. the Austin area. Um, More than that, when we considered there was Houston and Dallas and the Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi area in general, probably about 100 Um, but let's say 50 active members. And my goal was to increase the membership and the activity to talk about it with the friends that I currently had here in Austin, because I knew that there was just such a need for an elevated experience. And that's what I was able to share. I was like, this is a global community. We host elevated events where you can really get together, experience some sort of entertainment or education. And it's a safe environment that's, we get to kind of explore that inner sexy, whatever that is to us that we've kind of tapped down and kept hidden on a day-to-day basis. So go all out, dress. There's usually a theme. What kind of party are we going to? So as the ambassador, I really just talked about it with my friends and I created a community here. I've increased the membership. We're closer now to 200 active members. And the goal is to have a signature event here in Austin. Um, We're not quite there yet, but we will get there. So in the meantime, I do get to host smaller events. We'll do happy hours every once in a while. I've done a mini skirt, which is just an evening event. It's not a full on uh, signature party, but we do have some mm-hmm. of the smaller ones. So we, I try to do those every quarter, um, just to get something on the books to where these people can get together and really connect and say hi, because we haven't been able to have a signature event here quite yet, but it'll happen. Mm. Wow. That's really beautiful. And so incredible that you just were like, all right, I'm just going to go for this. I'm going to email yeah. them, see what they say. And they were like, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting. I, you're just making me think about, you know, how I was introduced to Skirt Club or how I first yeah. heard about it. Same as Tell you. Me. I was listening to True Sex and Wild Love, which, you know, for those of you listening, is a podcast hosted by Whitney Miller and Wednesday Martin. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I already knew Whitney Miller, obviously, because she was dating Aubrey Marcus. And they were like the first couple that I ever heard about being open about being in an open relationship. So it was like my first introduction to like, oh, okay, cool. They're, that's interesting. They're doing mm-hmm. what we're doing. Um, and my husband and I were doing it kind of very much under wraps. We weren't open, you know, in, with our communities yet. And so I was listening to that show because I, I was like, okay, cool. They're going to talk about open relationships. And then I 
uh, read Wednesday's book, Untrue, mm-hmm. and heard about Skirt Club. And I was like, this sounds amazing. And at the time, it's really interesting. I wasn't very confident in my exploration with women. Um, I had mostly interactions with other women with my husband. Um, and then I would date, you know, guys like on my own. Mm-hmm. And the couple times that I had sort of ventured out to like date women on my own, I was like terrified. I didn't really know like what to do or anything about them. I wasn't sure if I had like romantic feelings for women and I really didn't. It almost felt like, am I forcing something? Like I really enjoy Mm. having sex with women um, and I like it a lot when there's a guy there. But that come to find out, I actually just like groups in general. It's just more (laughs) for like, you know, they're more people, more fun. Um, And it wasn't until (laughs) – I met, yeah, I met my girlfriend, Lauren, that I like actually yeah. fell for a woman and then that mm-hmm. changed everything. But in the in that interim time, I was like, skirt club, I'm going to like check it out. But I would never go. So I didn't join because I'm like, I yeah. don't know anyone that'll go with me. Um, and it was intimidating for me. That's just who I was at the time. I had, it took me being with my husband and being open and becoming poly and a lot of his like encouragement in like sort of blossoming through all these experiences into like a very sexually Mm -hmm. empowered person. But when I first met him, I was like three monogamous relationships and that was pretty much it, you know? And I was just in this, you know, very closed, not that I was closed minded, but a lot of limited experience. And so it took me a couple of years and it wasn't until last year I finally joined because now I have like a group of girlfriends who are like, all either open or interested and very sex positive. And one of my like close friends is just like a very out open sex worker and sex educator. And I just like love her. I've had her on my show a couple times, Ginger Banks. And she was like, oh, I'm going to go to the mini skirt. And I was like, oh, can I go with you? Like, I want to go. <laughs> I've been dying to go. There was a mini skirt in LA um, maybe nine months ago now. So we went together and I was like, what the fuck was I afraid of? <laughs> like, it's so interesting because so oh. many women there was like their first time yeah. ever in mm-hmm. in an experience like that where I've like been to many parties and been in many situations and have had like lots of amazing experiences and partners and situations where like we hired a dom, you know, for my birthday. Mm. Like I've done all of these things. So it was funny that I waited. It's interesting what we, the fear that we build in our minds around sex, Um, you know, and for people listening, like hear this because so many people ask me like, oh, well, you know, how do you like go to your first thing? And it's like, what you're imagining, it's going to be so awful is like, that's your imagination is way worse than anything that could happen. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I went and I was like, I almost felt like I could could have been a coach for people in that. So there were so many like women who were like, I've never, like, I've never kissed a girl, like anything there. And it was just really beautiful to see how many people had the courage to come out. And I never did in that, Mm. in that way. And it was really fun and super playful. There was a lovely dancer there for the entertainment who just mm-hmm. put on this awesome cabaret show. Um, just like, I was like, oh my God, why am I not taking cabaret classes? <laughs> like I need to I be know, taking. Right? Yeah. That was really fun. And then like we just played silly games and dance and it's so beautiful. What I what I find so beautiful about Skirt Club is creating it's such a safe environment for for people to just fully express without – you know, having male energy in the room really exactly it it limits what women can feel safe to do, and that's just that's not all men. It's, I'm generalizing, but for most people, if you don't know a person and it's you know somebody male presenting or has male energy or whatever, that a lot of times will have women just completely shut down. So mm-hmm. I think the beautiful thing about Skirt Club is it's like you know you're in a safe place and everyone's so loving and accepting and it's very yeah. playful and very fun. Um, so that was my first experience. It was really sweet. A woman came up to me and like tied a little Did you little get the ribbon key? bracelet with a key <laughs> and I was like, yes. oh, this is, I'm finally in. Um, so yeah, I I really loved it and I 
it's fine. I haven't been back, mm-hmm. you know, probably just because I've been so busy, but I'd love to yeah. come to your event. Oh my gosh. I will definitely invite you <laughs> when we get that up and running. I love that you used a couple really important words when you described your experience. And one to call out uh, is just the fear that we build up inside ourselves and the inner dialogue that we have. And we almost talk ourselves out of it. And I'm so glad that your friend mentioned that at the end, and that you were able to go along and have fun. The other word you used was playful because we don't, as women, get a chance to play and play leads to pleasure. And mm-hmm. we're lacking so much of that in our lives that when you go to a safe I don't want to use the word safe either because what's safe is relative. Everybody has a different version of what's safe to them. But when you go to a place that's designed to allow your inner curiosities to really open up and like you said, blossom and just be in a place where you can play and have fun and experience something new, getting over that hurdle of the fear of, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Or is it going to be absolutely insane I really give so much credit to all of the women out there who take that first step and show up by themselves. Cause I can just imagine the sweaty hands and the, the cab ride on the way to the event. And I just really want to like reach out and hug every single person that has walked through that door on their own because they've really taken such an important step for themselves. And to walk into a place where they can have fun and play and lean a little bit more into their curiosity and to their desires and to see a community of other people who are willing to embrace them in whatever that looks like. Because when you walk into a party like that, I think one of the common misconceptions is that I'm going to a sex party and I have to have sex. That's, that's the furthest thing from the truth. You're going to a party to have community and have fun and friendship and to be playful and to be sexy and to lean into that if you want to. Um, But there's never a place I would say that you have to go and have sex. You, you don't have to, you can go and experience something. And I think for people who really just step into a place like that, where it's just so beautiful, and then you have an exotic dancer who really gets things lively and, and the juice is flowing and you just have so much fun seeing that. And that's going to open up doors to so many other experiences that even if you don't have sex at your first skirt club play party, it's a win because you're just there and that's opened up that, that place in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. Mm. I, I mean, that that is the biggest misconception I think about sex parties, play parties, right. like whatever you want to call it. It's like I've been to, I mean, I've probably had actual sex at maybe two parties in my life, and I've been to lots of them. Mm-hmm. I took a long, long time off, but now that I've like been doing this show and previous when we first opened up and we were like little kids, like we want to do everything. Um, right, we we're going to a lot of parties. It's like, and the majority of people there are not having sex. If a party has like 50 people at it, maybe eight people, mm-hmm. I feel like. At least the places that I've been are like going to actually have sex and everyone else is just playing and connecting and sex parties are right. for connection mm-hmm. um, or play parties. And there's, yeah, there's no pressure. None whatsoever. Um, the one place that I ever felt pressured in and it was only, I was projecting, um, I left. You know, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't think this is for me. Um, so, yeah. So girls get out there. And <laughs> and everyone was so, yeah. like, lovely. The event organizers in L.A. I wish I remembered their names. I don't. Um, but they were so great. And I think there are little elements of, like, what makes a, a warm, welcoming, right? Everyone has a different definition of, like, safety or different experience of that. But, like, what's going to make it? feel good? You know, who, mm-hmm. what are the greetings like? What's the music like? Even I think that there was a very nice touch about all of that to have people feel really comfortable when they came in. And I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very, um, I've, I've gone to help host a couple of them. So I actually did host, helped host one in LA last year. Um, so I must, I missed you by like that much probably it was last October. 
Um, I've flown out to Miami and helped host one in Miami before. And as part of the hosting team, you're really there to, to kind of draw people in. And Mm. for the people that come, for the women that come that it's their very first time, they do, they get a little key, we'll tie it in a cute little ribbon around your wrist, but that's so that we know. And so others there know, Hey, this is your first time and we want to invite you in. And my goal as a host is to really connect with you. I'm going to make eye contact with you. I'm going to be like, Hey, like, let's go chat. Let me get you a drink if you want a drink or here's somebody else who's new. I really want to help draw you into whatever that environment looks like for you. Some people, they come in, they just want to jump right in. I'm like, Hey, they're playing um, body shots over here in the corner. You go play body shots. And then other women just want to sit and chat and get to know somebody. So there's a lot of different ways to connect. There's a lot of fun, silly games. Um, Yeah. I just really enjoy it. And I love taking people and and sharing that experience with new people. What's, what do you think the bigger mission or like, what's the future of Skirt Club look like? Hmm. Just expanding that community right now. We're really trying to, we're really trying to grow and mature as well as a community coming out of pandemic timeframe where we couldn't connect in person. We're wanting to um, develop some events that bring that connection back. But we're also really reaching out and talking to community members about what do they want to see in the future? Do they want to see more events? What type of events? What type of themes? Do they want to see more educational aspects that are included? Because I feel there's a need for women who are going, there's something in this that I desire, but I don't quite know what to do or how to get there. Teach me about this. So we're developing just a conversation right now about even basic sex education topics that a lot of women really want to know more about. Um, And we're trying to just open up to the diversity of how things have changed after pandemic and how people communicate and connect because it's different now. Um, We date differently now and that's okay. We're just moving along in that flow and really trying to grow with it. Yeah. I love that. I think for me personally, I would love to see more education. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's, I was just having a conversation um, with Kenya Stevens, who I had on my Mm. show. And we were talking about just like, what is that? Hold on, let's pause. Yeah, that's, um, you got it paused. Yeah. I'll just write down the time. (laughs) My mother-in-law's cat is in here. Oh, cute. Okay. And I have got the door locked, so they can't get her out. So I'm going to have to let her out. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> All good. Oh my god, she sounds like a baby human. I was just having a conversation with uh, Kenya Stevens, who just right before you, and she's also based out of Texas, and mm-hmm. we were just talking about you know education in general and how you know a lot of men maybe don't understand like femininity, the female body, our anatomy, all of these things, right? Because it's not taught. So it's not like, oh, you don't know it. It's like, how could you? Um, And then we were also like, but women also don't know because we're also not taught and our mothers aren't taught how to teach us. And then so, you know, where are we learning like, you know, the horrible places that we are, which is usually porn, which is porn's not a horrible place. Let me back up. Porn can be an amazing place, but it's not an educational place. It's a place of entertainment. And so I think, um, you know, places like Skirt Club and, you know, people like Mama Gina who Mm. have Mm -hmm. like spent their lives helping women reconnect back to their bodies and um, educating us around pleasure. And like you said that earlier, like play leads to pleasure. Pleasure leads to health, period. Mm -hmm. So I would just love to see more of that. Um, you know, for all of us, I think education is like the key to unlocking all of that, unlocking the healthiest, um, versions of us that we have access to. So yeah, Mm. that would be really cool. We're not whole without pleasure. Um, and I think that's, that's probably a common theme for a lot of people who have grown up in some sort of belief system 
or religious environment that really kind of takes that piece and separates it. And we have to learn how to integrate that pleasure back into our life. And what does that even mean to me? And how do I tap into that? And how do I not feel ashamed of that? There's so many levels of shame around that as well. And I think that was a really big part of my journey was struggling through being aware of the shame that I felt, really understanding and realizing that it was connected to a belief system that I was ingrained in and raised on. And then how do I, how do I incorporate that back into my life? And you had mentioned something earlier about um, if we ignore something or if we kind of tap it down or trying to remember what you had said specifically, but it's just this piece of if we cut that out of our lives or if there's pieces of our sexuality that we refuse to embrace and to love, we're really, we're, we're really like, let me just cut this hand off or like yeah. tie it off. Cause I'm not going to use it cause it's shameful to me. And you're, you're lacking this whole piece of your, your body, your being, your soul somatics. I'm, I'm learning a lot about somatics and the theory behind that and how our body reacts and we have either our natural body instincts and reactions, or we have what's learned and to be able to integrate, integrate the sensuality and the sexuality and the pleasure back into our life, because that's what's in our bodies. That's who we are. That's, mm. We don't do that. And to have an outlet to experience that. Um, and for me, not only am I sharing just one type of experience with other women in my community through Skirt Club, I'm embracing my pleasure and I'm able to find ways to transmit that type of living my life down to my girls. I have two girls. They're nine and three. And damned if they're going to grow up the way that I did, not being able to give voice to their pleasure, their needs, their desires, or what they don't want. Um, I have, there's, yeah, I could go on talking about a lot of different things at that point, but <laughs> yeah, um, that's where I am. And that's why I find such a place for me, just in, even in skirt club. Um, and there's a lot of other avenues that I can explore to do that, but this is a really great place for me. And that's why I enjoy sharing that. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful you do because I think that's such a beautiful note to end on. Mm -hmm. If we can be as embodied as, as we're able to, you know, women at our age, I think, and then be able to pass that on to our, our kids, our daughters, right. and, and to, you know, to teach our sons, like, uh, that the divine masculine is all, is all about holding space for the feminine and, um, for, yeah, for young women to really be in touch with their pleasure and to, if we could just not teach shame anymore, mm. period. And so I could see you getting like emotional. You're so connected to this and, um, I can't wait to be a mom so I can feel that yeah. way too about like raising yeah. my kids and just making the world a happier place mm. in general. It's like that's what will happen when people are more connected to their bodies. Yes. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. And there's – it's – I will say I'm going to tag on one little note to that because we talk about teaching women and like you said, it is about teaching women – and men, boys and girls, and everybody who embodies a bit of the feminine and masculine and whatever they find a part of their lives. And I'm not gonna, I don't want anyone to say, oh, well, she's only talking about women and women's power and women's pleasure because there's such a unique piece of both the masculine and the feminine. And everybody needs to know that. This is not limited to one gender on the spectrum. This is, yeah. this is everybody. And so I've, I've found a place personally here for this and I'm so excited to see what you have to grow into and experience and find when your love just explodes <laughs> even more. It's such a beautiful place to be. Yay. I can't wait. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, yo, you have no idea. Like, you know, that being, 
I'm like, but I have, I love, love a lot of people. I'm in love with a couple of people. And they're like, when you have kids, you just like, mm. you have no idea. So I'm really, I'm excited. Um, and I'll have to come down there. I have a lot of friends in Austin. And if you're yeah. up here in LA and doing another event, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the best place for everybody to find out about Skirt Club and about the work that yeah. you're all up to? Um, the Skirt Club. It's skirtclub.co.uk. It's kind of a funny one. Um, but skirtclub.co.uk. That's where you would want to go. And okay. you can also just find me. I'm just roxy.ruse on Instagram. I do have a private account. I keep it pretty close to my heart because I want to make sure that I'm connecting with the people who are really invested in and just learning more about that. So you can also reach out to me there if you want. Perfect. I'm going to link both of these in the show notes um, so that people who are listening can have a visual of it too. And you can just copy and paste that link into your URL. This has been so lovely, Roxy. I'm so happy that we, yeah, we finally made it happen. We've been chatting for a (laughs) while back and forth and yeah, it was well, it was worth the wait. Mm, It was. I've I've enjoyed my time talking to you so much and looking forward to connecting more. I will definitely let you know when I'm in LA. Um, there's going to be some fun events coming up. So let you know. Okay, Thank all my you. LA babes, get ready. <laughs> Thanks, oh, love. Yeah. Well, lovers, that's been another amazing episode. I just get to interview the coolest people and I hope that you think so too. If you do, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're hanging out on Instagram and TikTok now where I share a lot of funny and also educational content. Um, Definitely don't want you to miss out on any of that. We also have some free offerings. So if you don't already know, we have a quiz which will help you navigate which relationship style is the right fit for you right now at this point in your life. We've got the Open Plate Dictionary of Terms. We even have a free WhatsApp community happening right now called Open Talks. And in there, it's just a free format place for people to share their insights um, and their experiences as they're navigating different variations of relationship styles. So I hope to see you there. All of the links are in my bio and the show notes. See you next week.